Let's just start. How, dude? What's gonna? What do we? What? What? How do we start, bro? What? Welcome back to University, everybody. The podcast where we talk about stuff. I forgot our intro tag. Hard-hitting questions about Earth existence in the unknown. That's it. Okay, cool. I'm AJ Perrin, your host, and with me as never before, Judson Martin. Yeah, never cool. before. I'm glad to be out from behind the, the studio room. Yeah, if you've ever checked our show notes, it always says special thanks to and it's Jerry Mart behind the studio and now he was just on his hands and knees begging me to come on the show Bro, so hold on <laughs> slow down sorry um <clears throat> no Cindy's on sabbatical right now so we just we've got a new host stepping in to show us his podcasting prowess what even is a sabbatical? Like, we've talked about this. It's We don't really know what that is. Man. Sabbatical, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is when you take a long break to do cool stuff. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. We'll miss her. Yeah. She'll be doing all our social media stuff and behind-the-scenes stuff. So I guess we'll be saying special thanks to Cindy Dalmeda. So this episode, we're talking about wormholes and black holes and stuff, which is, dude, you're so much taller than me. Who put my seat this... Dude, no, you have to put your seat down a little bit. I remember because Cindy would sit in that chair and she'd have to scoot up because she's so short. Where? It's on the right. It's on the right. One of those lovers. Hey, there you go. You're going to have to put your mic down now. Do I look even with you now? Yeah, you look good. Are we restarting or we just go, we're rolling? No, we we roll. Whoa, you're coming up now? (laughs) No, we're on the same level. Stop, stop, stop. I can't have people thinking I'm shorter than you. Actually, in real life... I am about three inches taller than Judson Martin. Now, so this three is pretty- inches? <laughs> you are at most one inch, bro. Yeah, okay. Hold on. Three quarters of an inch. We're both, well, we're both highly inclined men. Like, we have good... Highly height. inclined highly men. Highly inclined. That's not... That's Wait, you said highly inclined or highly inclined? Highly inclined, yeah. which yeah. doesn't really make sense. We're advanced. So it's crazy that we're finally talking about wormholes and stuff because we spent the first six episodes saying, welcome to our show where we talk about the universe and not once did we ever talk about the universe, except I guess when we talked about Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, yeah. the satellites that went out that are at the edge of our solar system now. So now we're finally getting around to the big, the big stuff. <laughs> we got, we're going to have to start a, um, what do you call it, like a counter during the episode that for how many times I say, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, because I talk about a lot of stuff that's just kind of like wild and out there. This stuff just gets crazy, man. I mean, wormholes and black holes. Yeah. You can segue off those into a ton of stuff, but. That's kind of a pun. That's kind of a pun because like travel and wormholes and Segway and yeah, that's impressive. You didn't even try to do that. You're just that good at podcasting already. Judson Martin, the podcasting deity joins us today to talk about (laughs) wormholes and black holes. Um, What is a wormhole, Judd? You probably already know because you were doing research on black holes that leads into it. But like I know a little bit, but why don't you tell the audience? By the little segue, by the way, Judson's my roommate. So I'm already sick of him at every other point in the day. And now I thought, I see him, by the way, that clicking's my iPad, my bad, I'll stop that. Um, I see him at every point in my day. And I thought, you know what would be awesome is if I make him join me for the only part of my day where I can get away from him, which is making the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. A wormhole is our theoretical gateway across 
time and space, the space-time fabric. And it's also referenced as a way to travel faster than light because when we can travel the corners of the universe faster than what should be physically capable, we can travel faster than light, which is pretty gnarly, man. So, like, you can get from point A to point B just instantly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's crazy. I have, you know what's hilarious is I have already done one bullet point of the show, and my next bullet point isn't even a complete <laughs> sentence. So that's just, gonna, that's how this show is going to go today. Rough research. Yeah. No, it was good. I, this is going to be awesome. I'll just let you jump in the next and tell us what a black hole is. All right. All right. So NASA defines a black hole as a place in space where like gravity is so strong that even light cannot escape. And light's like the fastest thing in the universe. So that gravity is very strong. Yeah. Light is the speed limit for the basically, universe, basically. Yeah. But That's, except for everyone goes over the speed limit. Everyone's always like five over you can get away with. You know? Yeah. If you can travel five miles over the speed limit, Judd, you have secrets that need to be spilled immediately because NASA is going to be knocking at your door <laughs> tonight or whenever we publish this episode. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Uh, okay. We've defined wormholes and black holes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what a wormhole looks like because a black hole... If you can imagine what a black hole looks like, it is black, but it's not a hole, right? It's not no, an actual no, hole. No, no, not a hole. Because a hole is like circular and that's 2D. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's the same thing with wormholes because, so a wormhole would appear round and actually spherical like a black hole <clears throat> because like when we take a three-dimensional idea like a sphere and turn it into a 2D explanation, that's when we see a circle. So it's the same thing when we're looking at wormholes wormholes in three-dimensional space are 3d but as i'll get into later since you're taking a shortcut through a higher dimension that's really how we in how we can perceive a wormhole is we would see it as a sphere okay because we're taking a shortcut through a higher dimension yeah so it's not like because like when you think of one you think like a tunnel right or like like a cylinder almost yeah you think of like uh yeah like a chinese finger trap yeah that's kind of what it looks like right it's like you pull the Chinese finger trap apart and it gets thinner at the center. Yeah. So that's kind of how you see a wormhole. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's basically what it looks like. You, if, okay, so one of the big things we'll talk about is wormholes. Um, theoretically, or theoretically you could be able to, but um, realistically it would be extremely hard to keep a wormhole open. So uh, if we were to be able to keep a wormhole open, we could see light pass through it. So you could see what's on the other side. But in the end... If there was a wormhole uh, that was closed, essentially, it would just look basically very similar to a black hole, which leads some physicists to believe that the black hole at the center of our universe or galaxy, excuse me, galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, yeah, they lead some scientists to believe that the black holes at the center of our universe could be a wormhole uh, if they were opened. But the problem is we'd have to go at the speed of light, exactly. light and that's three times 10 to the eighth meters per second. Chemistry 167. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three times 10 to the eighth. Yeah. Okay, cool. Judd, what do black holes look like? Bro? What do black holes look like? Yeah. All right. Well, it's just nothing because, I mean, you said like they look like they're black, which is true since black absorbs all light, basically. Mm-hmm. But... That's basically what a black hole does, too. It just absorbs everything. So Even light can't escape it. Yeah, so we can't even really see it, which I'll get into later because okay. I have some interesting things about that. Okay, well, then I'm going to take this moment before we get started talking about black holes and wormholes 
to talk about what space and time have to do with each other mm. and Einstein's general theory of relativity. Let's hear it. Did you read about this at all when you were looking at yeah. stuff? Okay, yeah. cool. So basically in 1916, so over 100 years ago, which is incredible to be a physicist coming up with something like this because I literally am struggling right now to grasp like differential equations <laughs> and he's back in the day like popping off it's writing the general nuts, and it's been over 100 years and we still that's like the that's the thing yeah. is his theory of relativity okay so it basically tells us that there's space um so that's where the events of the universe take place the big stage and then there's time and depending on the size of the objects in uh space in the three dimensions that we know uh time and space can be warped um and that's why we hear about things called time dilation uh, around things with large gravity. So if you've ever seen Interstellar, there's a whole idea of time dilation. I bet we'll talk about that later too. But yeah, gravity is, according to the general theory of relativity, is the curvature of space-time. So if you can imagine like you and I are holding a, um, a bed sheet mm. tight and we put a basketball in the middle, that mass is going to make that sheet sink. Yep. In that, imagine that sheet that I'm holding we're holding is space-time, which is a 2D representation uh, of space-time, which obviously is not two dimensions, but it's what helps us visualize it. So that curvature right. around the basketball um, is gravity. So when you're actually falling along that curvature, you are sliding along space-time towards what's attracting you. It's a mathematical theory uh, that says wormholes are, well, it doesn't, I don't know if it says it or not, but it's what uh, makes the idea of wormhole possible is this general theory of relativity and this connection with gravity to space-time. But that doesn't mean that they have to be existent in nature or be naturally occurring at all. So that doesn't mean that there's wormholes in our solar system or wormholes uh, in our galaxy because we have yet to find one. Is that correct? I found a... We found black holes, but we have never found a wormhole. Yeah, that's correct because, I mean, we can't really prove they exist because... Yeah. The only, re the only place in space where we think the wormholes could exist is inside of a black hole. Yeah. Which... is a closed wormhole, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know where it goes. I mean, there's theories that maybe it goes to another higher dimension or, like, a whole other universe or whatever. Like, it's kind of crazy to think about. If I were, like, at a black hole, or if you were at a black hole, it would probably be not advisable to go into it either because you would be probably crushed at the center of the singularity You'd unless you could to pieces. yeah unless you could see through the other side um you don't really have a gateway you have a doorway that's going to slam on your face um <laughs> basically basically if you've ever watched inner you've watched interstellar but if yeah. the people listening have ever watched interstellar um they say in the movie that the wormhole that popped up in the milky way galaxy was put there by somebody or something because they're not naturally occurring when they got that right I'm going to try not to talk about Interstellar too much because, like, we should definitely do an episode on that. But, yeah, they're right. They're not naturally occurring. Um, and so this general theory of relativity is our modern theory of gravity. And it was being advanced in 1916, which is just crazy. Uh, you might be thinking, like, if this was made over 100 years ago, how do we know that it's true? Or, like, what proof do we have of it? Well, J-Mart, <laughs> this has been experimentally verified. One of the things we've done to prove time dilation is like we can put a clock in a really, really fast plane and then keep one clock on the ground. 
and then shoot this, like fly this plane around the earth a bunch of times, accelerating it really fast. And we know that when things move faster, they experience time slower. And so when you right. bring these clocks back together and look at them, one clock is offset because it had been experiencing time at a slower rate. That's crazy. Right? Just live in a plane your entire life. You'll live longer than everybody else. <laughs> or it's like the thing where they send the astronaut up and like twin people. Oh, yeah. And they come back down and they'd be, they'd be at a different age um, than their twin. I think it's just that they age faster. Yeah, they age faster. Um, yeah. Because just the less gravity. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So. Because gravity, the closer you are to something with larger gravity, the slower time is so when you can distance yourself from that gravity uh like satellites do um you experience time at a faster rate because you're farther away from the center of that gravity yep yep um and then obviously there's lastly there's this thing called gravitational waves so i'm listing all these things about gravitational lenses and gravitational waves and all that stuff and i'm like who is making this up essentially because i wouldn't be surprised if these are just words that they're combining via like a random word <laughs> generator like their, their prompts are science, space-time, gravity, and they get things called gravitational waves. Gravitational waves are literal ripples in the space-time fabric. So you go back to that bed sheet, imagine we're like kind of shaking it. Like yeah. those are literal waves that can happen. And we proved this in 2015 when we detected gravitational waves for the very first time um, with an instrument called the LIGO. Uh, yeah. You read about this? Yeah. It's not like an instrument like a small like a microscope or something like that we're talking about this base essentially that has giant metal arms that go out in two different directions for like four what is it four kilometers yeah two black holes at some point in the universe crashed into each other like they're, far away from earth yeah they're spinning around each yep. other exactly like a, if they were in that fabric or whatever they're like rotating around each other almost yeah in their little like pocket that they've made in their yeah. ripple yeah. yeah spinning around when they collide, they create gravitational waves. And because of like the movement of these arms, it's microscopic movement. But because of this, and it's not like wind, that's not, it's not just like they're like floating out in the air. Because of the movement of these arms, uh, we can find proof for these gravitational waves. The funny thing is, the waves from those two black holes colliding, that happened 1.3 billion years ago, yeah. but just reached Earth in 2015. Those those probably already absorbed each other, those black holes or whatever, however Literally. that would happen. I yeah. don't know. That'd be crazy. So it's already proof of A, how big the universe is, and B, how high the speed limit is in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. These arms in the LIGO, they change, their literal length changes because of the way these gravitational waves hit them. So like the space that they occupy in the space-time fabric sure. changes slightly, and so the length of the arm Is it? Are changes. they like physical like arms or is it like i think they're lasers right they're okay they are they use lasers in the ligo right. to detect the That's change the in the yeah. in the length yeah but the the arms are actually physical okay to wrap up on the general theory of relativity where do einstein's equations go wrong so basically when a big enough mass is attracting itself so much uh, that it becomes infinitely concentrated at a point, you know, so the beginning of a black hole, mm -hmm. um, the variables in his equations become infinite. And for anybody who's ever taken calculus, that's usually a situation you want to avoid 
is having a variable that's infinite. Um, so these singularities, uh, they're called exist in nature, and they're what that, what's at the center of the black holes. But so that's where we start to get gaps in our knowledge is we don't know how to manipulate them or like everything about their properties. So we can't succinctly connect the two, or we only recently have begun to connect two different theories, which is one, quantum mechanics, which was not, well, Einstein did do quantum mechanics, but this general theory of relativity was the other half of this, which was um, gravitational physics stuff. So we haven't yet married that with quantum mechanics completely. Yeah, I believe I think like it's called unifying gravity is what we're missing. Yeah, because um, the we have everything else like in the the quantum mechanics, we have all those other equations figured out. We just can't figure out how to make an equation fit with gravity. Yeah, we can. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have an aerospace engineer explain <laughs> this to me. It's like actually so satisfying to be able to like kick back and you just like tell me stuff. <laughs> wow. Perfect. Judd, tell us. I don't know that much, but <laughs> tell us a little bit more about black holes. So we already said like it's a place in space where it's the gravity's so strong that like light can't escape, right? Yeah. It's because the gravity's so strong that like the light is all absorbed. So the way we see things is like light bouncing off our eyes, right? Exactly. So if there's no light to see, then how then can we see anything? Exactly. So we actually can't see a black hole, but I'll get there. Because it'd be so black, you're saying? Like it'd <laughs> basically, be like, yeah. That's crazy. Um. So a black hole is just a huge collection of mass because that's how it creates that super strong gravity. It's just a huge collection of mass into a, like an infinitely small point. Could a planet become a black hole? Anything could become a black okay. hole. So like one thing that I was reading was um, our sun could become a black hole. And how we soon, bro? <laughs> we wouldn't even die from it, though. Oh. And it would, our sun won't ever become a black hole because it's not big enough. Oh, okay. It's a, our sun's a red dwarf, which isn't like large enough to become a... Um, a black hole. A black hole. Okay. Um, but our sun could become a black hole, and we wouldn't. It wouldn't change anything because it's the still the same amount of mass located in the same spot. It's just um, not as large. So like the gravity, we would still rotate and everything. So we wouldn't die directly from the black hole, but we We'd would die, die from freezing. From freezing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. So you're saying, you're saying that the sun's mass wouldn't change, and the position of the center of that mass wouldn't change. It'd just right. be infinitely concentrated. Yep. That's, that's interesting. Which is crazy because like black holes range in size from like the size of just a single atom up to the largest black hole we have ever like observed, which is this black hole called S514, which has a mass of 40 billion of our suns. That sounds like a gun in modern warfare, the S514. <laughs> is that um, the one they took the picture of? No. Okay. But just think about that. 40 billion of our suns in one single spot. Which is crazy. Yeah. A, and when you think about that one single spot, it's actually a really big spot. Yeah. It's the black hole is the size like forty-seven times the size from the sun to Pluto. So forty-seven times the size. Oh, of the our side of the solar system. system. Yeah. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Holy crap, bro! So you're just you're just saying there's like a giant like section of space that's complete a complete black hole. It's a massive black hole. Why don't the black holes just like? I thought they all, I, I guess I'm wrong. I thought they all just infinitely concentrated at just like a single point. Right. Well, it is. And I think that 47 times the black hole is actually, or the distance, 47 times our solar system, I believe, is saying from the singularity, which the singularity is the center of the black hole where like all that mass is concentrated. Okay. The distance from that to the event horizon. Oh, and which the event is horizon where it sucks stuff is in. where if you go into that, if you cross the line into the event horizon, you will be sucked in there's nothing you can do everything gets sucked in there. so okay so it's like 
in Interstellar, that glowing ring around the gargantua black hole that they see, is that like the event horizon? I think that's what it's trying to represent. Okay, it's like, trying to as represent far as the movie, horizon. but yeah. that actually isn't like it's not visible. It's again. just the border you're saying. Yeah. The only way to like visualize awesome. a black hole, <laughs> we can see the mass <laughs> that it sucks in. So like we yeah. can see gases going in. Uh, there's some cool pictures online you can look up okay. of like gas is getting sucked into the black hole. Yeah, like awesome. black holes absorbing like planets or gases and stuff. So you're saying that the game snake.io was literally correct or like what was the agar agar.io agario? or yeah. agario yeah where you just are these stupid circles going around the screen sucking up other things that's what a black hole is well sort of but black holes don't move they don't move i know i know i know but like literally they just like suck it up and then get bigger yeah awesome i guess the black hole unless the black hole's being moved by another black hole like those two that were orbiting each other and then they get sucked into each other yeah. This is what I'm, so when the two black holes collide, do they become a bigger black hole? Or do they just cancel each other I'm out? I'm not sure about that. I don't know if we've seen that. I'm guessing yes, just yeah. because the larger black hole would probably... Absorb the other one? Yeah, and they'd yeah. start just absorbing each other's. Yeah. But I don't know if the mass comes back. See, I don't know if they can absorb each other because yeah. the mass can't come out of the black hole. Yeah, because it's concentrated infinitely at the center of it. So how could it give up that mass to another black hole? So, you know, like the observable universe is just what we can see based on the light that's reached Earth at this right. point in time. Yep. What if outside the observable, sorry, what about if outside the observable universe, there's a giant black hole that we can't see yet that's about to just swallow everything that's like. I mean, you could be. I yeah. would guess that the one we would know first about would be. Or like the one that would swallow us first would be the one at the center of our galaxy, which I did find the name of. The name of it's Sagittarius okay, cool. A. Oh yeah, I definitely heard that. A black hole, um, and that has the mass of about four million of our suns. Okay, so, so that's, that's pretty big. It's pretty big, and we're so far away from it. Um, you don't gotta worry about it. Yeah, we don't. We're not worried right now. Yeah, right now. How <laughs> many billions of years would we need it? <laughs> I have no clue. I think I have a fact somewhere in here about that it would be nice if humanity could reach immortality or something like that or become completely sustainable and at peace you know so we can just live on forever you know but maybe just stop us right before the black (laughs) you know maybe you don't want to be sucked maybe don't want to be sucked what if it goes to somewhere else but you don't know you wouldn't survive it (laughs) well you wouldn't we'll get to that though that's crazy okay take us back to wormholes wormholes come on we're going down a rabbit hole oh boy with wormholes and black holes Okay, I'll stop. Um, Are wormholes possible? That's a big question that physicists have been trying to answer. So let's talk about it. The elastic concept of general relativity that Einstein came up with uh, allows for this theory of wormholes. You know, so because of the properties that uh, we have written down and understood about the universe, we can say, oh yeah, wormholes could exist theoretically. Um, Put simply with wormholes, we can stretch, stretch, excuse me, space uh, around and manipulate it and essentially patch it uh, with these wormholes. So if space-time is a fabric, we could bend it somehow if we like got to that point or if another force could bend it, we could patch it or connect other pieces with other fabric. I'm going to get something so I can just check this out. Okay, but what I want to know or like where does the idea of fabric come from? Like is that just like... Because I was just thinking about that. 
Is that just because somebody did an experiment where they put something on the fabric and they oh, and it they around and they throw the marble like, in and they're like, this is gravity. This is just, this is a fabric. Space yeah. time's a fabric. I think, so you know how we talked about the start of the episode, a wormhole and a black hole would be physically presented to us as spheres, yeah. right? But when we draw them on paper, they're 2D. Right. So it's kind of the same idea I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. with space time. We have space and we have time. That's four dimensions but we can really only represent that in so many ways, you know? So we look at this space-time fabric just to represent gravity as a curvature and gravity as a force. Space so and time is four dimensions? Well, if you think about space, okay, that's, that's three. three. Okay, and then you and have the time. Times. Time is the fourth dimension. That's, so think about, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see where you come from. Think about space as a stage, and time would be essentially the walls around it, you know? So, yep. yeah, that that's how sense. we represent it as a fabric, but... For a very particular reason in physics, and I need... I have my Apple Pen. Okay. So I'm doing this with my IE271 Applied Ergonomics and Work Design Syllabus, Spring 2023. Don't let your professor hear that. Uh, He'd probably think this is cool as hell, so it's just... It's fine. Um, You can hear me crinkling this paper that I'm holding, and if you're listening, just we'll clip this on YouTube for you. Um, If this was a sheet of paper... This is a sheet of paper. What am I saying? <laughs> if this was the space-time fabric, this sheet right here, and I had a point at one end of the paper and one point at the other end of the paper, that's where I want to travel, right? Imagine it's like four light years apart, and that's a long distance, right? And we want to be able to travel there within a reasonable amount of time or even be alive when we get there. So if we could bend this space-time fabric and then... This is the big kicker. You ready? ready? Oh, boy. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to be folded. You I need just more... ruined the moment, bro. No, 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 no. You no. got this. Come on. Come on. It's an Apple pencil, bro. Not a gosh darn nail. Do you need okay. a real pencil? No. Yeah. Hey, hey. There we go. Right there, that pencil through the paper is our wormhole connecting two pieces of space uh, that we folded together when we manipulated the space-time fabric. Whoa. Whoa. But unfortunately, we can't do that right now. We have had some breakthroughs uh, recently with stuff uh, related to word hole, wormholes. We can look at 2017, Ping Gao and Daniel Jafaris. I think that's... I've watched so many videos with Daniel <laughs> in it, but I can't even remember how to pronounce his name. I think it's Jafaris. From Harvard University and Aaron Wall from the Institute of, for Advanced Study in Princeton, they discovered that you can prop open wormholes using quantum entanglement. Mm. which you've heard of that before and we'll probably do an episode on it in the future but all you need to know about quantum entanglement is basically when two particles interact with each other uh and then separate they retain a set like property and a set um of expectations for one another so that when you measure the um state of one particle you can predict the state of the other particle. Yep. So that when particle, so basically saying when particles have interactions, um, they become predictable right. with each other. It's the basis of accuracy. like the basis of um, the quantum computer is the idea that yes. in our computers you have either a zero or a one yep. as your bits. But with qubits in the, the quantum computer, the quantum bits can be either a zero or a one at either time because they're connected to those and two t- atoms. Mm-hmm. One of them is. Yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the rest of it, but yeah. I just know that it's, it's w- dude, you don't know how much reading I did about the quantum computer and I'm still so lost. Yeah. But I'll get to it. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so they said, you can prop open wormholes using quantum entanglement. That's pretty cool, and that's uh, nice to know because that is actually, quantum entanglement is something that exists within our physics, physics toolbox. Most of the time when we talk about wormholes, we're talking about things we either can't control or are impossible. So knowing that yeah. quantum entanglement might be part of the piece of the puzzle, that is good hope for us. There's also Nabil Iqbal and Simon Ross from Durham University, that's in England, and so they're basically using special disturbances in the magnetic fields around a wormhole to generate stable wormholes. The only problem with this is, by the way, I really wish I could answer whether these wormholes were like theoretical, like they were doing it with math, or if they were actually making wormholes because their abstract of their paper just says like, we made a wormhole. Right. <laughs> so, but most of the time, like when they do it with a quantum computer, they're just talking about creating a mathematical situation. Yeah. And I think it's just theorized. These wormholes that they created with those special disturbances in the magnetic field, uh, that's like microscopic, essentially. So yeah. that's not really what we're looking for because we're looking for man-sized wormholes <laughs> so we can swim man-sized tubes to other parts of space. Exactly. Okay, we're back from the break and Judd's going to tell us more about black holes. I want to talk about the different types of black holes first. There are two different types of black holes. So the first one would be a stellar black hole, which are kind of dotted around uh, galaxies. And they're just, they're not super large compared to like the other kind of black hole, which dotted is a super around, massive black hole. Dotted around, you mean outside of galaxies, like intergalactic space or in like dotted intermittently around the so there aren't Galaxies. black holes just in the random places in space. Okay. Because they're create black holes are created By mass. from a large star dying. But the the stellar black holes are kind of dotted everywhere versus the supermassive black holes are the ones at the center of galaxies. Okay. Sagittarius. I believe Sagittarius. that's how you pronounce it. It sounds right. Sagittarius. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's up? All right. So the stellar ones... Um, are around 20 times more massive than the sun. So they're not crazy large. Um, Just 20 times huge. the size of the <laughs> they're sun. They're still huge. But compared to the supermassive ones and the one that's 47 times our solar system, yeah, those are just nothing. They're little babies. Little babies. Yeah. Um, but those supermassive ones, uh, to be a supermassive black hole, it has to be at the center of the galaxy that it's in. So they're like the 4 million times uh, the size of our sun is Sagittarius A which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, so then we go to, like, how are these black holes created? Yeah. Because they don't just appear out of anywhere. Like I said, they're not just in random space. Um, they come from a dying star, which is when a star, like the center of a star has so much heat and pressure that new elements are being created through fusion. So slowly a star, like, eats up more, like it's using more of its mass to create energy. That's the fusion process, basically. Uh, but a star goes through multiple elements and eventually gets to iron. And when iron starts building up at the center of the star, uh, iron has a special property when it's like fusion is used to create iron, it doesn't produce energy anymore. So that's when so a that's star So that's the last element that yep. they can use up? Okay. Yeah. Um, how do we know where our sun is in that process? Like, how do we know... It's not making iron right now. I believe we can tell based on uh, like how much light the sun is still giving off and how it's still creating like those sunspots and solar flares. Like there's still a lot of energy left to okay. be produced by the sun. So there's evidence. 
So yeah, the iron starts to build up in the core of the star at the very center. And iron is obviously a very, like, it's a very heavy element. It's super strong. It creates strong gravity in the middle. Yeah, it's at the center of our planet. Right, it's at yeah. the center of probably, uh, like, all planets and or it's it's a very dense element so it's yeah. the one that's going to be at the center of yeah planets stars whatever because um, it gets sucked towards the center yep. of the planet the center of the mass right it it's like falls towards the center of the gravity yeah yeah um but eventually because it's so heavy the pressure on like the very center which will eventually become the singularity gets so like strong that it folds space-time folds in on itself <laughs> that's so awesome just to hear Which that sentence. crazy. Yeah. And then literally when that happens, when that first happens, instantly, instantly, the rest of the star's mass gets sucked in. It implodes. That's awesome. Which and I really hope sounds like the, the Star, star Wars, Wars implosion yes. grenade. Where it goes, boom. Oh, my gosh. gosh. Bro, I really want to hear that in real life. That would yeah. be crazy. Uh, there's, it's worth just opening up like the one hour uh, video on YouTube of that noise over and over and just like trying to fall asleep to it. It's crazy. Um, You've done that. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm not that insane. Dude, um, the sun, when you're talking about the sun imploding in on itself uh, and creating the singularity, it was making me think like that would be an amazing movie plot. It's oh, about yeah. to get stolen from our one of our millions of listeners, which is like, the so we learned that the galaxy is ending, right? And so we're like, we need to travel back in time to fix something, yeah. right? And so we don't have the technology for time travel yet. So what we do is we time it so we send a rocket out in space <laughs> right into the singularity as it collapses and one person makes it through who has to save the universe or some Good shit. luck to that person, bro. Good luck to them. Okay, let me explain how. I think it's kind of fun to explain how if you got <laughs> close to a black hole, it would literally just rip you apart. Okay, yeah. So like here on Earth, Pleasant. <laughs> here on Earth, um, your feet experience a different strength of gravity than your head. Because your head's farther away from the Right, because gravity, the force of gravity, the equation for it is based on uh, distance. What if I do a handstand? Well, then you're flipped <laughs> around. Whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, so... When that, when you get really close to the black hole, the distance becomes shorter, which makes gravity stronger. But then the distance or like the change in gravity between your feet and your head, if you went feet first, your feet would be pulling so much stronger than your head that you would literally just get ripped in two. Oh my God. Oh, because it would like pull you it would pull instantaneously with so instantaneous acceleration. Yeah. Yes. Holy crap. So besides the point that when you got to the center of that, you would be pinched so infinitely yep. small that your soul now belongs to that black hole. Basically, you're just individual atoms. At yeah. That point. Yeah. Just like you said about the head and foot thing uh, and the difference of gravity forces between them. Mm. Um, we it was reminding me of something I was reading about time traveling and wormholes. So based on the general theory of relativity and the speed of light being the speed limit of the universe, we know that wormholes would give us the opportunity to time travel, being able to jump to another point in space faster than is uh, physically possible, faster than the universe can operate, right? Time travel, though, isn't, especially this version of time travel based on gravitational physics, isn't something foreign to us. It's something we experience every day, specifically, for example, with GPS satellites. So satellites, as we know, are traveling or orbiting the planet 
12 and a half thousand miles outside of the planet. Yeah. Really far, right? Right. So that means that their experience of gravity is lower than what's on the surface of the planet. Yep. And because they're farther away from gravity, they experience time at a faster rate, meaning their clocks inside these GPSs are operating faster than one second per second. That's interesting. Fa Listen to that sentence. <laughs> faster than one second per second. What does that even mean, dude? One second per second. That's just faster than one second. What? Okay. Okay. One second per second. I was trying to think of something crazy I could it's like, say. I it's like, <laughs> holy Toledo, Batman. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, in, it's in chemistry or physics when we put one variable over the other, second per second. That just like cancels out. So even saying that is weird. Burger. <laughs> burger. Eating burger. a burger with no honey, no honey mustard. mustard. <laughs> uh, everybody, nobody even knows what that I know, means. I'm going to keep we that in. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the GPS satellites are experiencing time faster than one second per second. If scientists didn't account for this when they made the computers for GPSs, the GPS uh, satellites wouldn't know our location or theirs. So when we use Apple Maps or if we use Google Maps, we are literally using something that has to account for their time traveling ability. So that's why whenever it tells me it's only going to take me 10 minutes to get there. And it takes you it, 11? It sucks, man. It's because Come they on. didn't calculate their time travel <laughs> effectively. That's why Google Maps sucks. No. No, Go on. yeah, Google Maps does suck. Apple Maps superiority. It comes with the phone. Why are you going to download another app? Well, if you get an Android. If you get an Android. Yeah, I guess. But don't they even they don't even come with a I don't know. One downloaded? Yeah. I've never had an Android. Me neither. <laughs> Android sucks. Oh. <laughs> um, Sorry, that's that's going to be our next... On the podcast. That's our next episode. Apple <laughs> versus Android. Answering the really hard-hitting questions about the universe. Xbox versus PlayStation. Let's get really controversial. Oh. Well, that's not even an easy or a hard question to answer. Well, yeah. It's always PlayStation. Okay, always PlayStation. <laughs>